0: This week on the People's Football Podcast, we join the nation in mourning the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, so there will be no sponsor break or music breaks throughout the podcast. But stay tuned as we review an exciting weekend of football, we have an extra special guest who has played professional football and now coaches in the women's game, and a Middlesbrough and Sunderland fan go head ahead, Enjoy.
1: And welcome to the People's Football Podcast. Really excited. This is now episode six. We had a goal to get to at least episode five. So this will be we're retiring after episode six. We've done what we said we're going to do. Now, our next uh, landmark is going to be 20, everyone. So hopefully we got another 15 more. But now, really excited for another show. We're going to mix it up tonight. It's going to be little, some obviously some fun games. I'm not going to give too much away. We've got a really cool guest on tonight because the... Middlesbrough fans haven't been happy, so we're going to head down the Middlesbrough route tonight. But um, I've also got a good friend of mine tonight. You know who he is. It's that man, Kyle, the Wally Wilson. He's back again. <laughs> yeah, he's back. Did you notice the middle name I put in for you, mate? The Wally, uh, yeah. The Wally with a Broly Wilson. Anything like Steve McLaren, eh? I <laughs> know. Uh, it's good to have you on again, mate. And, uh, yeah, good. It was good to see you yesterday. Caught up with you. I haven't seen you in a bit. Caught up yesterday at the game. Yeah, put- yeah. I know you were working and uh seeing you and the boys. Um I right, we'll talk about that later. But how have you been anyway? Everything all right?
0: Yeah, been good. Um it's been an absolute hectic last last week, or has it been two since we last did one because of obviously the yeah. circumstances of last last week? But moved back into me uh uni accommodation, so back back independent. Um me and and me and the missus have been moving everything back in so it's been a few stressful few days but happy to be back and ready to go with uni again starting on tuesday so you're going to be balancing your 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 full-time job
1: uni academy work um a accountant kind fashion model as well underpants model you've got to balance all this all this stuff
0: mate. it's gonna be it's gonna be busy but to be fair there's a plan in place that should work and Uni's quite straightforward. with being congested into two little days, and then works the rest of the days. But now nah, I'll be good. Be quite, quite late back at uni as well. Anyway, so yeah. looking forward to it. Looking forward to the next year. I'm surprised is
1: quite straightforward when your IQ's is uh, 85 as well. It's it's interesting that uh, I'm to of
0: 85 is good because I don't actually know what's a good I IQ. What's a bad yes, IQ? It's
1: not exactly good, mate. So
0: uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, that's classmate. But um, so no, I'm glad you mentioned about the Queen. Obviously, we took some time away just just out of respect. Really, we're all. I'm not saying we're all. You know, we're not we're not royalists as such, but we've all got a lot of respect for for our country. We're all born and raised here, and the Queen, she did a wonderful job. Whatever everyone thinks, she's a she was a humble woman who, who till her very last moments, that picture of her two days before she passed away, standing up, still meeting the Prime Minister, was incredible. And and one thing it's taught me is to 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 never sleep on anything. Just work hard, um, be respectful and humble. And you know, there's a lot of people with different opinions, but I think. You know what we'll talk about later as well is the, the minute observe the minute observation of the queen yesterday was fantastic at St. James's yeah. Park, very moving and I nearly got mixed up with God Save the Queen again, God Save the King. It's very weird doing that, isn't it, Kyle? It's weird, isn't it? Doing it. The, was God strange God.
0: yesterday. I think we couldn't really hear much of the supporters singing. I don't think I think the music was quite loud, but when
1: the aeroplane going over as well. There was an airplane. Yeah, and
0: the silence. There. When yeah. but when the silence hit and it's like fifty two thousand people in silence, it was just quite uh, Quite chilling, really. It was, yeah, it was, it was the first one I've heard where there's been no babies crying or more yeah. no people coughing and that. So it was quite, it was quite nice to see. It was quite, quite moving.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about that later because obviously there was no black, there was no black and white flags, there was no war yeah. flags. And I actually think it added to the game, which we'll talk about later. It actually, there was a stillness around the game yesterday, yeah. and they, it felt like you know I've looked at some of the results in the women's and the men's game. There's been a few weird results, and I think that a lot of people. Have found themselves a little bit flat, which we'll we'll probably touch on later as well this weekend. It's been a obviously it's the, the funeral on Monday, so we'll pay our, our last respects tomorrow. And yeah, yeah. So no, God save the Queen anyway. So just quickly some updates from me. Um Catherine Hill, who was our on our last podcast, you know, she was waiting for a scan result. Now there's a small chip to her foot, but it's not going to be as long term as we think. She's hoping to be back in the next two to four weeks. I said I would do a shout out because Rangers women are playing the first game at Ibrox on Tuesday against Benfica in the Champions League. So if you want to go along and you're in there, we've got a lot of Glasgow listeners from since since Cath podcast went out. We've got a lot of Glasgow listeners and from Edinburgh and around that area. So I'm really pleased. So get yourself along. That'll be a cracking night. I was looking for some free tickets, but obviously um, I, I, I'm, I'm working on that night. And you are, Kyle. But I said we will try and get up at some point. So good luck to you, Cath. And hopefully you're back soon. Um, we also have bizarrely fans in Lewisham we've got no idea who they are we've had a lot of downloads and a lot of listen from Lewisham so Lewisham in London if you're out there tell us who you are we're really excited to find out who it is um I wonder if it's just one person downloading off like 20 odd devices and we're just like they're playing games with us or what maybe I don't know (laughs) but it'd be great to know who you are but it's great to see um and what we're going to do now this is the different part we're going to talk about we're going to because we've been, we've done a lot about Sunland, We've done a lot about Newcastle. We've had a lot of different chats. I've been desperate to get Middlesbrough fans on, so we've got a new special guest coming on and an old familiar guest. Uh, Michael Hurst is going to join him. So we've got a little segment here, which um, which I'm really excited to to pay some justice to Middlesbrough. So let's sit back and enjoy this. The next segment of the People's Football Podcast is we have a local interviewees coming on tonight. We have. A young man, or should I say, an old man now, who's a diehard Middlesbrough fan. Now, the Middlesbrough fans haven't been happy about we've we've neglected them basically, to be honest, to this to this episode, episode six. So we thought it was important to get a Middlesbrough fan's perspective on. Now, this gentleman is from concert. I'm bigging up the concert crew. There's a lot of talent in concert, a lot of good people in concert, and I want to keep promoting this area, this part of the of the country. So who we have on, and he doesn't like his middle name being said, so I'm not going to say his middle name. You can hook that up on the internet. He's already told us not to say it. But we have David Bowley, who's a diehard Middlesbrough fan. David, welcome to the podcast, pal.
2: Hi, mate. Thanks for having us.
1: Good man. Give you a little bit of context because he's going to come on, hopefully, throughout the season. Me and David have known each other since nursery. He's a top man, and he's a good friend of mine. But he is a a good Middlesbrough man. For 20, 25 years, he's been a, a season ticket holder. So Davey, coming off the back of the you text me at halftime, said, please don't bring me on the podcast. You're 3-0 down at home to Cardiff. You're coming off the back of a 3-2 defeat at home to Cardiff. Again, you should be winning. Like you're sitting fourth bottom with nine points, not the season you were expecting. What's the sense from the from the from the Middlesbrough fans this season, bolly.
2: As it stands, it's grown discontent. It's probably the best way to describe it. A lot of people on their uh, social media is starting to turn against Wilder. Mm. Not, uh, not everybody. There's a there's, there's a definite portion of the fans or that are starting to lose a bit of patience. But um, not me yet. I'll. Uh, I think he's need to give him a bit more time.
1: Well you're you're very you're a police officer at heart, so you're kind of in between. You're a balancer, bolia I would like to call you. So you're a calm and collective guy, but I'm guessing not everyone's like like you. So 3-0 up, 3-0 down at half time against Cardiff. What what the hell's going on in the ground? What's happening there?
2: Yeah, it it wasn't good. Um the you know, lots of booze. Difficult to know where the booze are directed at. Is it at Wilder? is it at the team? It was a lot of it was down to individual errors and as with a lot of our games this season we're playing quite well um, you know certainly didn't think we were at risk of going 3-0 down by half time um, but that's where we found ourselves and as I say you can play as well as you want if you don't get the results then people aren't going to be happy
1: So Bolly, that's not the first time you've been 2-3-0 or 3-0 down half time where's, where's that coming from what's happening there with that?
2: Honest answer for me <sighs> I don't know. It's difficult to put my finger on. We're, we're getting the ball. We're playing the ball. Nice passing, moving. Um, and then we seem to be let down by individual errors. Last year, we missed out on the playoffs only just. Um, and goalkeeping errors probably cost us about 12 points. Uh, we seem to have got the goalkeeper sorted out. And now, all of a sudden, the defence are making issues, you know making errors. So I don't know why that is, Why they're, whether they're lacking the confidence or whether they're not gelling yet because we've got a couple of new defenders in, but we need to get it sorted if we want to get anywhere this season.
1: So what we, what we talked about off, off the air, Boley was, was if you're going to get promoted from the championship, historically you need, you don't necessarily need a Mitrovic, but you need someone who's going to score you 20, 20 plus goals. Now I've got no idea from Middlesbrough, um, apart from, uh, Branco from the nineties, maybe, or Ravanelli from the nineties. Who's going to score you twenty goals this season? Who's Who's the man who's going to get you and drag you out this division and get you goals?
2: It's difficult looking at the squad at the moment to see where that's coming from. It. Rodrigo Menez that we've got in from Fulham. He was kept out by Mitrovic last year. He's he started quite well. He's got us uh, got himself a few goals. Twenty one year old lad. I don't know whether you can you know rely on him to get that twenty goal a season. But I think what was quite telling was that um Wilder left the number nine shirt deliberately unoccupied with the hope that he was going to get somebody in and we still haven't got a number nine. So I think that's a, an issue from the club in the transfer market.
1: So is it got is is the name on the back of the nine coat hanger? Is that the name
2: or, or what? <laughs> What's I mean might as well be. Might as well be might as well be. be. There's just not issued at all. So Hopeful we'll get someone on a free transfer, but you know, we had money to spend, it would appear, and it didn't get spent. So, so the sense
1: I'm getting is I mean, Middlesbrough fans historically and, and Steve Gibson historically are, are quite calm. They give, uh, however, I think they've become more trigger happy. Just that's the game in, in itself, really, in a nutshell. But what's <laughs> I, I made a bold prediction at the beginning of the season, and I said the two Kyle and Steph both said they would finish in the playoffs, and I said. I just threw a random scenario out. I said, what happens if Wilde is in the bottom three by October? Does he stay or does he go? Now, Kyle being Kyle, he said, get him out the club. Get him out. It's not going to happen, but get him out the club. I just threw it out there because I've got a sense that Wilde is one of those guys. He waits his heart on the sleeve. If it's not going well, he walks or he shouts his mouth off and he's sacked. Or if it's going well, you're going to know about it. What are we what's going to happen, Bully? Because you've got a huge game against Rotherham this weekend. Is he is he is he long term or do you think he's going to go soon? Do you think something's going to happen?
2: I think he's long term. I think Steve Gibson's bought into the the wild of philosophy, if you like. He's got him in to do a long term job. Um, you know, he's got him a he's a younger manager than well, certainly we had before, but um, yeah, I think Gibson has bought into it quite strongly. He's, he's let him do his own thing. And I think he'll give him the time. Hopefully we're not going to have to write off another season. Hopefully we we'll get things together and we can start climbing the table and hopefully mount some sort of challenge. Because we're we're not too far behind. But, you know, only nine games in and we're already five points off the pace. So,
1: so hashtag Wilder out. You're not having it right now?
2: Not yet. Not yet.
1: What about before the World Cup? You lose at home to Rotherham. A huge game. You lose at home to Rotherham. I'm sure the fans aren't going to be happy this Saturday. I mean, that might not happen, but come on, two weeks after that, you've got two weeks of chilling out, procrastinating, Steve Gibson scratching his head going, we are not get- we could not get promoted. I mean, who else could they come in? Who could come in? Would you take Daesh if he did? I mean, is there anyone else good enough to step in or as, as well as a good manager?
2: I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't want Deitch. Um, I think there's a bit too much history with the- between Dyche and Middlesbrough. Yeah. So I don't think he'd be very well-received. And that goes all the way back to Chesterfield back in 1987. And um, I, I don't think the fans would take the dice. But uh, I can't see who else would replace him. I think I think that and the fact that we haven't got a nine in will buy Wilder a bit more time.
1: Perfect. I'll tell you who was available just two weeks ago. A guy called Tommy Mowbray. You could have had him, you know. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you who who is. Seems to be very happy about that. And he's been sitting waiting very patiently And it's our main football Sunderland correspondent. We've brought him in, not for controversy. I think he's ready to gloat. Um, However, you did beat them 1-0 a couple of weeks ago, Bowling, and you thought that was a turning point. But anyway, our Sunderland football correspondent who we pay, we don't pay him actually, we pay him zero. We We pay him in friendship. That's how we pay him. It's Michael Hurst from Sunderland. Michael, last time I spoke to you, Sunderland were in trauma. They were heading in one direction, and what the hell's happened since, Michael? But anyway, firstly, good to hear you from you, mate. How are you?
3: Yeah, good evening, gents. How are we? Hope everyone's well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we spoke a few weeks ago, didn't we, just before Mowbray got the job. Um, Listen, mate, if you remember last time I said to you, no panic with us. You know, we've got a model there in place now. We trust the model. We lose a manager, we bring another one in, and the model remains the same. And it has... Um, and listen you know you think about the discontent at Middlesbrough I've got to say we're the opposite at the minute um, you know we're really really happy we're just I think for the first time in a long time you know we know we've got a young team there's no pressure on us to kind of we're not dying to get out of the league at the minute I mean it would be great if we could but to be honest with you I think a lot of Summer supporters at the moment are just enjoying just enjoying the season um but like I said to you last time, listen, we've got we've got some good players. Um, we really have. And yeah, Borough beat us. We were dreadful on the night at Borough. We were absolutely dreadful. Um, but you know, either side of that, Rotherham game, 3-0. Redden game, 3-0. Now, we're decent. We're a decent side. So Paddy, listen, when you were being
1: so positive, that glass half full... I kind of was looking going, is this guy like fully sane or what? Because I just didn't, I just wasn't 100%. But you know what, Paddy? I'm starting to really respect you because that result last night, I seen it, me and Steph have like the fours of gold. And all of a sudden we 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 put like the, the thing on the, the app alerts and it was 1-0, 2-0, 3 And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? You're so a 3-0 up at Redden who were fourth in the league. And you made them four signings on... On transfer deadline, the guy from Paris at right back. Now, so let's fast forward now. You've lost Ross Stewart. You've lost someone who could potentially score you 20, 25 goals a season. Does it terrify you or are you still in a good spot, mate?
3: No, mate, I'm in a good spot. Um, listen, Ross Stewart for us is a massive player. There's no getting away from it. He, I think he's got something like five goals in, in the first seven games. He's our main man and he's a fantastic player. Um, and he's a massive loss for us. And then we had Ellis Sims, you know, who went off injured as well. Don't forget, at 0-0 last night. But, you know, I say the same things all the time. We've got good players. We've got good footballers there. I think when we came up, I said, yeah, when I spoke to you first time, you know, yourself, Kyle and Steph, discussing us, we were an unknown quantity, really. But we had some good young players who were always going to get better. Um, and I think you can see that now, listen, and, you know, last night at nil nil, we lose Sims and you're starting to think where the goal is going to come from. But, you know, we've got about, honestly, we had about five wingers on the pitch last night. Um, and the big thing last night, I heard, I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, the result was fantastic, but it was the quality. It was the quality of the goals. I don't know if you've Here seen we go. Here goal. we go. Not
1: that, that um, one from the goal kick. That is getting... I'll tell you something, Paddy. You're going to clip that for your district boys and any coach that wants a clip playing out from the back. It was incredible. Now, what I'll yeah. say is I'm going to question Redden's pressing techniques. However, yeah. what a goal. Talk us through it, Paddy, because it was magic.
3: Yeah, yeah, really good. I mean, to be fair, mate, all, all three goals were very, very good goals. I mean, the third goal is, you know, it's getting tweeted it all over the place. Uh, it, it's a proper, proper goal. If it was a goal scored by Manchester City or um, Bayern Munich, it would be all over the place. It was a really good goal. Yeah, look, you know, I think last night, people will question Red, and of course, they look really poor, but, you know, we went there and played really, really well, uh, really well. And as I say, we've got a really, really young side. You know, we're a very, very young squad. Um, We're going to have bad days like we did at Borough. But I think, you know, look, if we just keep playing well... um, you know, I said you start the season. My prediction was playoffs because I thought we were that good. I thought we had some good players. Then after we lost Neil, I said, "Look, I think my shout here was ninth," um, and I still think we'll be about ninth because we're a young side. But listen, we're really happy. Sunderland supporters are really happy. We're positive. We like the feel of the squad, young squad, good togetherness. Uh, Mowbray has come in and speaks really, really well. Um, so yeah, I think honestly we're just. We're just happy to to have a bit of positivity for a while. It's been a long time for us. You've got to remember that. We've had, God, seven, eight, nine, ten years now of of really difficult times. Um, you know, we know what we are. We know where we are. You know, we're not sat here kind of saying we're amazing. We know we're not. But we've got good players. We've got young players. Um, we've got a model. We've got a kind of a... We've got a project almost, if you like. I know it's a little bit of a cliche word, but we've got something that we can believe in. Um, and you can see that last night. No results will come.
1: No, I, I agree. You've got a really tough game against Watford away and Bowley will tell yeah. you 1-0 up. They ended up losing 2-1 away from home. I think the 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 thing is for, for you two, it's it's kind of like you've got Borough fourth bottom, you know, you've got Sunland sixth, like Borley, still Borley. You still feel that Borough are going to finish, you know, Paddy. Fair play, you're not getting too carried away. You still think you're going to get
2: in the promotion, don't you, Borley? Uh, I think we'll be in the mix come the end. I'm still positive. Mm-hmm. It's with every defeat, obviously, it's getting less and less positive. But I still think we'll we'll turn it around. I don't know how many turning points we need. We'll be uh, going around in circles and we'll keep turning all the time. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, Hopefully it's coming. Paddy, when you played against
1: Borough, was it Sunland were terrible or Borough were like, re- they looked a-, a promotion? Did they look a promotion outfit, like from an outside looking in or not?
3: That'd be interesting to see what Boroughly says. Uh, not for me. Um, I thought we were really, really poor on the night. Um, I thought Borough were poor on the I thought it was a poor game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as poor as we were, and that's make no mistake against Borough, it's our poorest performance all season. We were still in the game. You know, we were 1 nil down. We were still in the game. Um, I don't know. Listen, I'm not a Borough expert. You know, you're better off asking Bowley. But if Bowley's saying that they're going to be in the mix at the end of the season, I'd be very surprised if we're not in the mix if they are. Um, yeah. But we'll see. You never know.
1: So well, this is the this is the last question I'm gonna ask for you two boys. And I've already said used two, if you want to sort this out among yourselves, meet in concert uh front street and you can you can have a Royal Rumble. But remember Bowley's a police officer, Paddy, so maybe just watch what you're doing. But um listen, are Bowley, Bur- I'm gonna to come to you first. Are Borough gonna finish higher than Sunland? Yes. Paddy, will Sunland finish higher than Borough?
2: Absolutely, I think they will.
1: <laughs> so someone's <laughs> going to be wrong here. Someone's wrong. Someone is really wrong right <laughs> now. Paddy's sitting on a good pedestal. He's he, they're up there. <laughs> they're in the playoffs, boyie. You guys, I feel, I
2: feel wrong saying it, but you think I'm confident? So?
1: Well, I think we're going to keep this rolling between us three. We're going to get this going, and, and maybe's I, I put this prediction out there. I genuinely think Wilder will be gone before the World Cup. I don't think he should be. I put it out there on the first episode. I don't even know why. I didn't even plan to put it out there. But my prediction was if is in the bottom three come September, October, I think he'll go. He's too spiky. He's too charismatic to stand for ordinary. And if you're sitting five 6th, 7th bottom, he will kick up a right stink. And he will either walk or he will get fired because he's pushing for it. Um that's just me prediction. However, in a month's time, we'll probably use user probably six and sun on the 15th, and we're probably having uh having a, Paddy's crying and your your dancing and on the on the rooftop. So listen, lads, it's always a pleasure. Give us your results for the weekend. So Borough versus Rotherham Bowley, what are you gonna go for? Uh
2: another turning Three 3-0 to Borough. Go
1: on, oh. up Borough. Up the Borough. Are they doing drug <laughs> testing in the police still, Borley? I just need to check that, that's all. Just for, for, for actual officers. I just need to make sure that you're still doing that. Um, Paddy, are you still there? Have I lost yours? Oh. Oh Shit, sugar. I'm here. you still here. I just lost yours for a second. Sorry, I think it was the drug testing bit I said about Borley being drug tested as a police officer. So he says 3-0. Paddy, um... Tough match, really tough match. Joe Pedro's playing for Watford. They've got some good players like Watford v Sunland. This would be huge if you could be in the playoffs by, you know, for this for the international break. What's the score?
3: Uh, listen, we're flying at the minute, aren't we? Confidence really high, but hard game. I'd take a point, Eddie. I'd take a point. Um, I think it'll be one one, absolutely.
1: And that would be a good point for me. The 15 points it would take, Borough would get 12. It pushes up to 15th, keeps Sonnen in the mix for that. And I think the big one is getting to October and being in the mix because it's going to be a long January, February, March, April. If you're in the mix by then, 20 to 25 points, you've got a chance. But what we'll do, we've got an international break coming up. Let's see how he's doing the next couple of games. We'll catch back up before the World Cup for sure, boys. And um Davey, Davey B, been class having you on. Paddy, you're the voice of the of the Mackhams, you are now the voice of the Boroughs, so I hope you've done them proud. Uh, otherwise, you'll be getting it. You'll be getting it big time. All right? But uh, thanks, lads. And uh, we we'll soon. See you, boys. Yeah. Cheers. See, see you, man. lad. So moving on to the weekend roundup, it's been a very exciting weekend, if I'm honest. We're sitting here on a Sunday night. We've kind of waited a little bit longer to do this, just to check out, you know, what the final scores would be in the men's and the women's games. So, Let's um. What better way to do this is is always to look back on uh, with uh, with Kyle over the shockers and showstoppers of the weekend. Kyle, you got your handfuls today because you're doing all of them, the teams and the players. So good
0: luck. I've got the pressure on me. Pressure today. Big pressure. <laughs> Big pressure. Okay, so I'm gonna start with the teams. I'm gonna start with the usual, the, the things I know, kind of, so I'm comfortable with. Um. So for the shockers, I've put down both Aston Villa and Southampton from Friday night. Like I watched I tried watching the game and the tried watching the game is the biggest part because it was honestly just a ball fest. Really? And it was two teams that are just not exciting. George playing ball and football, Southampton are playing ball and football. And honestly, it's two teams I worry about. I yeah. think they could they like I know we're talking about looking down the table, but Southampton and Villa are both teams that are looking shocking. Don't excite us one bit. So, do you know when you say worry, are you like, are you, are you got anxiety about Aston Villa? No, no, not anxiety about them. <laughs> I'm quite, I'm quite glad to see Villa struggling going to despise them, <laughs> but uh, especially that so Villa. you're Watch not worried.
1: Guy you're not worried. You're not worried at all. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shout crazy. him out,
0: the Villa Watch guy on Twitter, who's always commenting on our posts. I so absolutely can't stand um that Villa right. guy. So, if he wants to come make an appearance, oh. feel free. <laughs> you're always calling people out, mate. Always. Um, for the stars of the, the week, um, it was kind of hard on cut off there was any, like, unbelievable performances. I didn't want to say Tottenham because I touched on Leicester, like, the last podcast. Mm. So, I went to Arsenal. Um mm. They're just, they, they're not, like, the only side that are going to try and see. I think City are walking away with the league and Arsenal that like, maybe the one side that could maybe stand a chance, mm. that could, and this is me going against my word, going, going against into mouths of despising Arteta. Yeah. But, yeah. um. I just think Arsenal looking at the good sides. Martinelli's exciting. Saliba's been absolutely a dream for um, him. Uh, he's in my team this week, which I'll we'll touch on later. Really? But uh, he's been unbelievable for centre half, hasn't
1: he? What happened to Odegaard? He wasn't. He got zero points today. Where he was he today? What happened? I was gutted.
0: I don't know. I didn't. It's I not see the game.
1: I've, I've seen the highlights on Sky Sports YouTube. Um, uh. Um, I, thought, I thought he was a guaranteed start every week, and he it said he didn't get zero points. so I don't even know if he was on the bench. So I'm, I'm foaming about that, forming about that because he's, he's he's my top man of the season. But a three 0 win, eh? That was um, impressive.
2: Comfortable and as well. That's, that's, a, that's a bit
1: man. of a good result after, especially after Brentford have, have beaten some teams at home. They're they're hard at the that's yeah you know, the tough team to beat. So fair this enough. One, four four, four past
0: United in the at the start of the season. Yeah. So and then you had the Not, guy, obviously guy last week as well. Obviously, Arsenal had to bounce back as well after getting beat beat by United. uh, What was a 3 1 and didn't look great. They got done on the counter a couple of times. So it's a perfect response, isn't it, really?
2: Yeah, good on them.
0: So I'm going to take out my comfort zone now and go into Steph's job. Yeah. I've got two stars and two shockers for my players. The first one is Hung Min Son. Mm. I'm going to go nice with him and say he he impressed me. Obviously, he scored a hat trick. He's finally got in the score sheet, but it was the one week I took him out my team. Oh, I took him out of my team. Out team, my God. He goes and scores a hat trick. What were the chances? Um, um, but you know what? You know how good he is. You know he's got that, a goal in him, so hopefully he's hits the ground running now and we'll really? see a bit more of an exciting Tottenham instead of the 1-0, 2-0s. Yeah. And uh, second the star, second star of the week is for his substitute appearance today, at the age of 15 sorry if I get his name wrong Ethan no one there, If I, I'm not sure if I've got that right but a quick one for you he was born in 2007 can you think of anything that's order and what Ethan is? Um, Kyle Wilson number one yeah
1: for once um, <laughs> my Honda Jazz that I just bought it's a 2005 <laughs> <laughs> a thousand pound and anything else that I own uh probably a jumper upstairs which was from Calvin Klein from
0: like 2- two nineteen ninety nine or something <laughs> yeah there's plenty of things that I all <laughs> yeah so I've wrote down five things and we'll start with the first one I've wrote down so Netflix is ten years older than him mm-hmm. have you seen the movie Super Bad I was in it McLovin were you, McLovin. Were you, McLovin? Were you McLovin?
2: <laughs> I was I was
0: McLovin <laughs> so super bad That was brought out in the same year that Ethan was born. Okay, good film. GTA Vice City. Yeah. The very first Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Okay. And this is one that shocked me. So Ethan wasn't born when the Emirates opened. Okay, wow. The stadium is older than him.
1: And what's the point of all these facts, Kyle? I just want to prove how young he is. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I was trying to catch people off guard. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, good crack, good crack, man. <laughs> but um I'm gonna move on to my yes, about without, without uh reaction to that. <laughs> so I don't know if anyone's seen it on Twitter. If you haven't, get looking, because it's hilarious. Yeah. But Jay Fulton from Hull oh, had an yeah, yeah. absolute meh. Yes, sir. Have you seen <laughs> it? I have made, yeah, yeah. I've done something similar, probably I, so I... I, I think we all have, but <laughs> I think you, you I think you mentioned about it being... Actually, you mentioned about being the keeper. could have touched his ankle and he's...
1: Well, I think, was I think he was fouled. I mean, you'll talk us through it, but I think he thought he was fouled by the striker and then went flying down on purpose and then realised it was the keeper that touched his ankle and was like, oh,
0: Jesus Christ, and then they've just... The so if you haven't seen it, go watch it to the listeners, but he's miskicked the ball... The keeper's then came to claim it. He's gotten the way the keeper claiming it. And then he's done the most theatrical dive I've ever seen. And the strikers just tapped in, but the strikers running away in in tears laughing. He's found it hilarious. So it was like a sketch off the Chuckle Brothers eye. It was uh yeah. it was good fun to watch. And yeah. the last one is it was only as I was writing down my notes today, I seen it come up, but Tadebo from Nice, at Barcelona, yeah. young, young centre-half. He was today sent off in seven seconds. Wow. So that was literally out the changing rooms and back in the showers. I don't think it was a red card. I think it was harsh. I don't know if the, the ref has just had an absolute nightmare and didn't want to back down on it. But yeah. to get sent off in seven seconds, that's got to be... And I
1: reckon I reckon we're gonna throw this one out, the listeners. I haven't got any clue on on this, but is that a world record? I don't know if you've got them facts, Kyle. Don't even bother. I haven't no. So if any listeners know anyone who sent off quicker than seven seconds, was that that wasn't after the start of the game. He came on the pitch and after he no, was... no. seven seconds in the game. Oh
0: wow. What what's that isn't the game from kickoff in the um who were the pain, pain angers, I think. Yeah. On the counter-attack, uh, well, off kick-off, they went forward and the players just running through on goal and he just stuck his egg out and tripped him oh. up and he was deemed his last man, but it wasn't a red card. It was a yellow, but well, seven seconds of the game.
1: It can beat seven seconds, even if a listener's been sent off in se- after seven seconds. Even Vinnie Jones, I don't think, got, well, he got booked didn't he, when he did that 2 footer run in the in the final. They call that, the, uh, usually you call it, what is it, the... Um, Oh, what the reducer? You, you, you put one on yeah. someone before, before they get into the game, but to be set, let them off, know you're there. Pretty poor. yeah. Let them know you're there, Kyle. That's it. Aye. Any more, Kyle? Uh, no, so left, that's my six. I went a little bit far there, but
3: yeah, you, to, got excited, there, didn't you?
1: you got excited. Steph won't be happy with yeah. that. So I'm going to do a few like, random shout outs here if that's all right, Kyle. Are you okay? No, with that's that? absolutely fine. Oh, fun. you're a good lad, you. Thank you. I all mean, right. Let so- you come on. So just a a few personal ones first. It's um, my nephew, JJ Herdman, was called up to the New Zealand Under-19s national team squad. He scored his first goal. Well done, son. Um, Some two young females who I used to coach in Canada, New Brunswick, are starting off in their rookie year. And Megan Cole got um, player of the game and scored one of the best goals, 28 yards out into the top bins off the bar and in, and got player of the match, uh, two goals, for um the university of st fx and chloe duaron got the only goal in a 1-0 win now these are two girls who to keep an eye out of in canada who have been really pushing to to potentially play at a higher level and you know and, and to make it as pros so to both be doing that in the rookie years not really a thing so well done to the two girls in the women's game so i'm going to shout out um a couple of performance in the women's game durham got their first win um they won 3-1 today well done um, Durham Sestria, you know, um, got a goal. Like shout out, yeah, Kyle's sister Ella, who scored a one in top bins. She's on a goal scoring run, so well done, Ella Wilson. We're going to bring her on the short sometime. 4 0 away at the Bradford, which is a good result, eh? Um, and then, uh, um, Liverpool, uh, the women's team beat now. This was Kyle's shout for the surprise of the season, beat yes. Chelsea, the reigning champions. What a result! That is two penalties. But to beat Chelsea on the first game of the season, well done, Liverpool. Aston Villa women won 4-3 at home to Man City. And they played, I think they might have played, I might be wrong, at Villa Park today. So it just shows you, it's like such a, the the women's game is really tightening up and it's starting to get really exciting. So I just wanted to do a few random shout outs for me. Not really shockers or showstoppers, just really up and down weekend, and um, also sh- I forgot to say, Sheffield United Women in the Championship won eight nil. That's wow. a record, I think, in that division. So crazy stuff this weekend. So Kyle, let's move on. Move on. I know how frustrated we were with Newcastle yesterday. We're Newcastle fans, but um, what what are your thoughts, Kyle, on the Newcastle game yesterday?
0: It was a it was a hard one coming home. Um, obviously, one winning seven. You're looking at it and you're going, that's not, that's not good. Like, you, you are beginning to get worried. Yeah. But you're also looking at, it's also one loss in seven. Yeah. Um. Like, we've lost one game in seven and you're looking, we're three points off six. Where I think yeah. it's five points from the, the bottom the bottom three. So yeah. We are closer a six on the bottom three. So maybe the worry has left me a little bit this morning when I woke up. But yesterday I was, my head was burning. It was a bit frazzled. It was... I was just working out what's, what's going wrong, but we just missed that. We missed that cutting edge yesterday, and yeah, I thought, like, the performance, we are dominating games, but we just can't seem to break teams down, and there was a few times where we've got down the flanks and we haven't put crosses in. Isaac stood there, ready to move, or he's moved and he's been turned down. Um, I thought Bruno, having Bruno back, you just you see the difference. Yeah, um, Willick, he... He was about yesterday. Mm. Just to, and we need to see him attacking the box a bit more. Yeah. I think and the composure in the box is just for, for everyone, it's just it's gone. It seems like every time we get in there, we're panicking. I know I know we hit the post twice. We have had chances. I've got a stat here of that, like, it was twenty-one corners we've had in the last two games. Wow. Um, yeah. And we haven't Scored
1: or any of them?
0: Have we you there? No, we've got quite a big squad as well. You've got Dan Burn, Botman, yeah. Fabian Shaw, Isaac, Jordan. Even... Yeah, Jordan, Chris Wood. We all we always seem to
1: get good connection on them though, Kyle. We always seem yeah. to get the first contact. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what that's one of the golden rules: get first contact on a corner, and after that you've got a chance. But they always seem to head over the bar or why? Like... Yeah, ah, yeah,
0: it's or just keep but um, yeah. So yeah, you were you were frustrated, would you? Frustrated, but I think now I have to walk up this morning a bit, feeling a bit better. I think yeah, it isn't as bad as people are making it out. We are, we have only lost one game, and Liverpool that like should have drew, yeah, if not won. So there's not that much to worry about. I don't think. I think yeah. also, so. so the I next guess team. me and
1: you kind of had, our WhatsApp was a was a was a buzz last night when we were banging yeah. back and forwards, and we'll keep that personal. The things we talk about for sure on there, but we were we we were frustrated yesterday more because. We're not used to it, and we're not used to dominating games. So I'm going to throw out some stats because I had to I had to get some stats just to kind of keep myself calm and, and calculated. So we had 72% possession yesterday. Wow. We dominated their half. We had 15 shots, now only 7 or 8 on target. Now, I looked at some of the overall pictures of the season. So XG is super important, Kyle. With yeah. expected XG, where do you think we would be in the league with XG? What At the end of the season, yes. No, now, so after seven games, what is the league table for XG? Where do you think Newcastle stand in XG? Just a guess. Expected goals. Not how many, just which? Is it middle, bottom, high? I'd probably say middle. So 10th. high? Yeah, yeah, 10th, 9th. So expected goals would have a six in the league? Yeah. So we are expected to score six. So we are the sixth best team in XG. Now, expected points. So how many points should we have had from the XG, from attacks, defence, dominating? Where do you think we would sit on that? Without even thinking about VAR, I'm going to go with probably fifth or... Even fourth? So it doesn't really take into account VR, like uh, you know, expect oh, okay. it's, it's more around you dominating a player and goal scoring opportunities. Clay well, could be run. high still, so it's got to be about six, six or seventh. Yes, yeah, so or seventh. So that yeah. puts it into perspective. And if you look what's above, it's all the teams you would expect. City, like yeah. Tottenham, Arsenal. So there's something around we're creating chances. We're actually expected, we're actually dominating games now, like. Top six, seven. Yeah. But but we're still playing and we still look like a team that's going to finish nine to fourteen, right? So just to just to talk about someone, the one that probably brought up and he didn't really, you know, he scored a penalty, and I was really pleased that he scored that penalty because give us give us your load down on Isaac. You know, sixty two million. He didn't ask for that 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 price tag. Yeah. He's three games in for God's sake. So we're not gonna get stressed. But
0: what do you what did you think yesterday? I think Against Palace and Liverpool, I thought his movement was good. Mm. I thought he had a bit more of a threat in behind than we've probably seen for a while, which was a big positive. I think yesterday was a different type of game. Bournemouth had no space in behind. But some of his movement was good, and I think he was getting turned down a bit by Trippier, Bruno's, and maybe it was just the movement was wrong. Maybe it was a bit late. Mm. Maybe it was too early. Maybe it was in the offside. But I think it's just a frustrating as the game went on, as frustrations begin to show a little bit. And I think there's one point in the game and Trippier and Izak were both having a little bit of a, a little talk about Izak was saying, just just cross the ball, just mm. put the ball in the box. I'm standing here waiting. Um, So I, just, I think that he, i seen it was Paddy Power taking the, the mick out of Newcastle, but they were saying, like, it would be good if, if Newcastle would actually give their £62 million striker the ball and so not, not just they- turn him down. I I seen that
1: as well, you know. So yeah. I'm going to give you like a real nuanced kind of 50 50 here. So there's two ways you look in this. Either Isaac is above the level of the wide players and midfielders, or yeah. I'll I'll tell you now. There was a couple of times the midfielders were frustrated with him because he wasn't coming and showing off the front. His runs were across defenders and in behind. Now Brentford, um, Bournemouth's line was pretty much close to the 18 yard box, so yeah. he's going. To- Personally, so I've seen this. The first game for him was a dream. Fast, Liverpool high line, spacing behind. Yeah. thing you've got to do in the, in, the, in the Premier League, doesn't matter who the hell you are, whether you're Aguero, whether you're, you're Henry, whether you've been Shearer, whether you're Kane, the best strikers, Haaland, they can come off the front and they can link the play. And then yeah, twice, so- twice he came off the front, Kyle, it bounced yeah. off his knee and went over his head. And then he went hiding a little bit, Kyle. He hit He made yeah. them runs. So Almiron was driving inside, looking for him. No, no Isaac. Um, Joe Linton, head up, bump. No Isaac. But what happened was, no Isaac. Joe Linton would put his head down. Then yeah. Isaac would show. So it's. I was really frustrated, but then I'm like, either he's just adapting, and the players don't know. Yeah, they don't know how to how to play with him right
0: now, which is normal, right? Ah, uh, it was a. It was a hard one, I think, because when I watched his clips from when he was at Real Sociedad and at Spain, mm. he created a lot of chances for himself by dropping deep and driving at the defence. Is that wide? Was that from a central position or wide? He was drifting
1: quite wide. Um, so... so do you think it's been so? Where's the disconnect there? Is it? Is it? Is it Eddie and Jason saying, listen? Stay focally, you occupy defenders. Let out because if you notice, Almiron and Fraser were inverted in, right? Yeah, they yeah, really close to him, which I think was frustrating him because they were almost cutting off his angles at times. So yeah, yeah. high trip, he was high. So, w- what do you think? Do you think he's instructed to play a certain way and that's kind of taking away his clarity and he's it's disrupting him so he can only run one way, or do you think it's what? What is it? I don't know, we can't answer it with three games in, but no, I think I've had a couple of games where I'm like, oh. This, he needs to show a bit more to the
0: ball. Yeah, I've, I've been impressed with him, I think. I think I see, as I if it's me being, I always seem to have a new signing bias, but I have been quite impressed with him. I think he's it's it's been someone that we haven't seen for a while. And I said something yesterday of one of the lads that I was comparing him sli- slightly to the way CC used to move in behind mm. in terms of darting dart and runs. But then CC got sussed out, and how many times was he offside that season? That the season yeah. after his fantastic one. Yeah. So I think that's just bringing something else to his game and getting used to the physical presence of of Newcastle. But I just out of the Premier League, sorry. But so he's he's one for you. Wilson potentially is fit for Fulham. What are you doing with him then? So my argument slightly was: Have you seen? Well, obviously you've seen how high Trippy I get. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't is me going on. I'm going to write down ta- tactics and that. But do you play, is that on the right? Have them playing quite inverted and trip you out really high. And you've got a winger if it's Armour on, on the or Fraser on the left playing really wide. And you've got Wilson as the vocal point through the middle. But it gives you that more of a freedom role to sort of pick the ball up deep and drive, which we've seen him do a few times yesterday. The,
1: o- the only worry I've got is Fraser and Armour do a lot of work going the other way. Yeah. I can't imagine Isaac's gonna want to do that running down the ch- down the lines and Did yesterday? I no, thought no, but that's not when he's it's a as a winger, you have to chase yeah. to the edge of the box, not just to the yeah. half the line. That's yeah. a totally different, different thing. I'm not saying he can't do it, but what I'm saying is now he's six foot three, he's he's probably about 12, he's probably less weight than me and you. He's he's really slim. I'd like to see him, you know, when Wilson first came. The, the, when you look at Wilson now, the muscle, the body he's got, and he, he's in such good shape. I think I think if he's going to play as a nine, he's going to have to add, I, I said it in the, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I, so I think you have to, I think I put something out on two poles, Kyle. Yes. Who's the biggest miss when, when they're not in the squad? Everyone said Bruno, and you said that as well. I I, I get it. I think it's Wilson. I think Wilson wins us the game yesterday. I, I, I think, think he, I, I think he wins it. Then balls that Joe Willock was putting across the front. Yeah, not one person got there, and everyone was like, "Joe, man, come on!" And I'm like, yeah. "If that's Wilson, he sniffed out the front post uh, flick." So I, I yeah. honestly think, and I've just started to come to realize it, and uh, not not that I've realized it, but we've got we've got three or four big players, and everyone saying, you know, Shelby, Mac, like Maxie can do one thing crazy like against Wolves. But Wilson brings us so far up the pitch. He brings fouls. His touch is incredible. And to expect that from Isaac is too much right now because Wilson yeah. is a polished, 29, 30-year-old proven Premier League striker. Isaac has the potential to be even better than Wilson, no doubt about it. But I think in the cutting for us right now, we show great patience with him. He got his penalty but he needs to work hard on his game. That's what I'm saying about it, is yeah. that he needs to work on his, if he wants to succeed in the Premier League. So so overall, mate, um, a frustrating game. One-one, a game we have to win and should win.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and me and you, chatted just mentioning we've got Fulham, and um, after the international break, we've got Fulham and Brentford.
0: Eh? They're big games now, aren't they? Big games back-to-back. I think you've got to come out with six points. I think you do. Yeah. Um, if you don't come out with six points in them two games, then I think I would start becoming a little bit worried just asking um, questions. and hey it's okay to ask questions we're not saying,
1: we 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 love Eddie we look we think he's magic but i think it's that plan b where's that plan b is it 442 yeah. is it a 352 is it 4 um with the not going to sit back oh well, no, well, no no will sit be, back. he'll be wanting to score yeah. against us, kyle and in no doubt Ivan tony so they've got tony yeah. and Pedro. he'll be both wanting to prove points against us so tough games coming up anyway tough games but no am I'm still hopeful. I'm still excited. I, so think, I. I like, think top yes. I think defensively we we look hard, we look, we look yeah. solid at the back, which has not been always us. So so anyway, we 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 I went for 3-1, you went for 3-0, and Steph <laughs> went for 2-0. We were all pretty much wrong, let's be honest. Yeah. There and, and Instagram kind of agreed with us. They all thought there was a couple of people I think said maybe a draw or or a and I think one person might have said we get beat, but um yeah, so and our next episode will preview the, the the game coming up after that for sure. And um yeah, you know, but um really good stuff, Kyle. Um let's just see how the season rolls. But I think it's still too early to be making any assumptions. Yeah. One defeat, yes, a lot of draws. But if this was two, three seasons ago, we'd be sitting on two points now. Maybe it's one point. So exactly. And we're sat uh,
0: on how many is it? Is it ten? Eight. Eight points. Eight. Yeah, you're worried again aren't you bloody hell <laughs> nah it's alright well you're talking about seven games in like I still think I still think we could push the top eight like yeah. and I think there's you get Maxman you get Wilson and I think Shelby you get Shelby back on that side uh-huh. up and play higher which yeah. is where he played last year and played a lot better last year so I think there's a a big possibility that
1: Anderson he he was injured yesterday. That was, I think, that was yeah. a game he could have come on and maybe done something. I'm desperate, so fingers crossed. All right, Kyle. But yeah. uh, listen, we're going to move on to the next section now. Really good little uh section there. We're going to move on to yeah. the special guest. Yeah, so now to our special guest, we have a man who was born and raised in Middlesbrough, he represented England under 21s. He played for his hometown, moved on to Sheffield, Cardiff, became a legend in Cardiff for a goal he scored, which we'll talk about later, hopefully. And he's now the Borough women's manager. So he's almost come full cycle and done pretty much everything that a, a Borough lad might dream to do. I'm never, we'll get into that later about the Borough women. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce, I would say, a legend in Borough, in Cardiff especially. Andy Campbell. Welcome aboard, Andy. Great to have you on. Hello,
4: Martin. Thank you very much for having me, mate. Looking forward to it.
1: So, Andy, you're someone who I wanted on anyway, but the fact of the matter is we're five, six episodes in and we've talked about Newcastle a hell of a lot. We've talked about Sunderland a bit. We are getting peppered because we needed a borough borough angle. So you're a a borough man through and through. So take us back to your affiliation to when it first started, your love in with Middlesbrough, really.
4: Oh, listen, man, I've been uh, I've been a Borough fan still, I'm 43 years. You know, I first went to watch the games with my dad at Essen Park with my brother and um, watching the likes of Bernie Slave and Gary Pallister, um, Gary Gale, um, Tony Mowbray, um, just absolute heroes of mine and and, and and now to go full circle, like you said, and to be friends with these guys now and to and to link with them up at the game and see them on a weekly basis is is amazing because you know I mean as a as a young boy going to watch Essen Park, you know I mean like like everyone does at their old old stadiums, it adds such a, an atmosphere and um, I had so many dreams and aspirations that I wanted to score at Ayrson Park I wanted to wear that red shirt I wanted to play at the Holgate end I wanted to do all these things and and probably my only regret in my life is I didn't end up getting to do that because obviously with the move into the Riverside and you know what I mean it would have it would have been my dad's dream and my granddad's dream to watch me play at Ashton Park but uh, listen got no regrets um, football playing for Middlesbrough from Middlesbrough I think it means so much you know me to a local local lad to, um, to play for your hometown club it, it doesn't get any better um, you know what I mean I had one dream when I left school was to was to wear that red shirt and uh, when I got it it was just a, it was like it was like a drug I wanted more of it I got so excited to to get the feel of it and I, I I just didn't want it to end
1: No I can imagine and uh, you scored some good goals there as well but what happened at, um, in the youth You were you in the academy there just to the run us through that were you in the academy and came up Yeah to...
4: yeah. well I first uh, I first signed at 14 signed schoolboy forms back then so it was um, and then we went into YDS at 16 so a little bit like a scholarship so I signed a two year YTS and um, and my first year really took off. Um, I ended up playing for the reserves quite a lot. I played for the youth team as well on on a, on a weekend. And then I got my opportunity. and made my debut uh, towards the end of the season, just just before I turned seventeen, um, in the first team. So when I turned seventeen, I, the, the manager offered me a pro contract. So I, I ended up only doing one year white. Yes, I still kept going with my jobs and and, and, and yes. changing where I got changed. So nothing changed in my in my day to day life. It was just. Uh, um, a, a couple of hundred pound a week pay rise, which was nice. Um, but yeah. um, having that stature of playing in the first team and just I just wanted it more, you know. I I wanted not a still, especially as a young kid. When you get that opportunity to play in front of a stadium, is is something special and, and a crowd, and you want to do it again because when you're playing against reserve games, youth team games, is there's, there's probably only family and friends there who, who go and watch. So when you get an opportunity to play in in a crowd on a proper stadium, you you want more and more.
1: So so you obviously uh, you broke in quite early, but then. You kind of went out and loan quite a lot, didn't you? Tell us about that little period of your life. Was that tough, or was it always was it always in your mind? I'm doing this to get better to come back to Borough, or were you ready to go and spread your wings? What was what was going on in that period, Andy?
4: Well, um, the manager sold it to me that it was just to go and get experience, go and uh, go and play men's football, go and go and get fit, go and, just go and learn my trade, um, and I, I believed in it. I believed that the, the process was there to educate me, so I went to. Um Sheffield United under Steve Bruce, which is Brian Robson's good friend at uh, United. Um, I went to Bolton Wanderers. Sam Allardyce, another good friend of. So I, I I seem to follow his good friends around I played for some very good managers. Um, on loan and it it, it gave me a real real good upbringing and in, in terms of when I came back, I went straight in the team. So it was like I I believed in the process, and then when the process came around, and I went back to Middlesbrough, I went straight in, and it was it was pleasing because. Um, instead of playing just against 16, 17, 18-year-olds week in, week out I was playing against men in front of stadiums and, and against good, good sides and playing for big teams as well so it's it's for me I, I really do like the system um, I know now teams and players drop down probably Premier League all the way down to Conference or, or National League whatever it is now but it's you know what I mean? For me to to drop into the championship uh, a couple of times was uh, was was real good experience in it. It put me in good stead for where I, where I wanted to be, where I needed to be. Uh, because I think any lower at the time probably would have felt as though it was a negative step for me as a, as, a, as a footballer. But it, playing for those kind of caliber of managers who had aspirations themselves to be top top managers, and obviously it, it, the, in the future, a few days down the line, they both ended up or still are uh, both very good managers.
1: Yeah, legends, eh? As well. So what did a teacher going out and loan? Like, we don't see it an awful lot now. We do, but it's not as prevalent as it used to be. We've got the under 23 yeah. leagues, they grow their own. What did a teacher just taking off and leaving home? Middlesbrough, probably for the first time, Andy. Like you loved home, you're back there now, yeah. Middlesbrough. So what I know you didn't go too far, but still it's it's big, it's a big, it's a big step.
4: Yeah. I taught me uh it taught me how to look after myself, it taught me how to um be a proper footballer, you know. I've been a I've been a young player, so always being the youngest in the group. Uh, when now I'm 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 classed as a as a proper footballer, professional footballer, and it taught me how to handle myself. It when I came back, I handled myself a little bit differently. I wasn't arrogant or confident with it, but I had the believe that. That I didn't want to stand still anymore. I got the taste, and I just wanted more. And it was—it it was just—it it just made me hungry to want to uh, to want to play more games. And when I came back, and I and I did play, and then obviously I came back out at the side, and then I went to go and see the manager myself about going again. But obviously I. I wasn't able to go back to Sheffield United due to at the time of three month um, maximum period because you couldn't go on for six uh, months uh, of a season back then. So then yeah. I had to go to a, to Bolton So it was a, it was just a different thing, and it was it, it was it was a great experience. I'm so glad that I that I sampled it. And and when the lads asked me, uh, what was it like? Would you do it again? For me, for my football education, it was it was the best decision that I made, mm. certainly. Mm, no, that's
1: class, and it's good. I think like you see, it's not for everyone, but I, I guess it's. It certainly puts hairs on your chest, I guess, if you go out and loan it. You've got to learn yeah. to be a young adult then. But um, I think for me, we're moving on to another period and I'm following you. You know, I guess when you step back into Cardiff, you'll never have to buy a beer again because this is a really important time. And something, I guess, I don't know the conversations that happened, but it must have been a wrench because at this point you were going to go to Scotland and you ended up going to Cardiff. But what was the conversations had about leaving Middlesbrough and what happened around about this time when you actually made a legendary move in the end?
4: Yeah, um, well, listen. Uh, players and managers come and go. People have different opinions of 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 players, and I get that. I get that now as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but Steve McLaren didn't rate me as a as a footballer in terms of his of his um, team selection and squad selection. So uh, he told me that my face didn't really fit in the football club anymore, and, and 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 just thought it was the best angle for everybody for me to move on. So um, I had an opportunity to go to Aberdeen. Uh, went down there or up there, which was. A long, long way by the way. I had, a, I had a good look around, it felt it felt right at the time, but then coming back, it it just didn't feel right. And then, um, luckily enough for me, that um, Lenny Robbins, who I was, it was, a, I ever got a relationship with anyway from my time in Middlesbrough, um, mm. was a director of football at the time of Cardiff. Uh, he was director of football under a, a man called Alan Cork, who's obviously scored that uh, legendary goal for Wimbledon the FA Cup yes. final, and uh, Corky. Corky lost his job on the Saturday after after me agreeing on the Friday. I was uh, I was going to go and sign, so they got beat four nil. And wow. um, I rang Lenny up on the Sunday morning, um, basically begging him that i is this still going to happen? I, you know what I mean? I'd made my mind up. It was it was Cardiff I wanted to go to. I wanted to go and play with him, and obviously Graham Cavanaugh and few other lads who I knew already at Cardiff. I really wanted to make that move, and he promised me it was all still in place. Lenny ended up getting the job on the Monday, and I, I didn't look back. And my yeah. loan period again there was 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 just so that we could both agree that everything was was perfect. I think we all agreed after 10 or 11 days that that it was a, a done deal and, and, a, and a signed full time, which for me was musing to my ears. I settled really well in the city. Um, I didn't really get homesick. I didn't really want to head back to the northeast. I was there to do a job and yeah. um, lads were great. supporters were amazing. Uh, where I lived was great. It was just a, such a different life to moving out of a town to moving into a big city. Uh, you know what I mean? It was just a, a scary move, but one that, I really needed to do because I, I know lads who've who've not probably fulfilled their potential by by not making that that huge step of of, of moving out of the area, moving out of where you're comfortable. And for me, I, I I really embraced it. I bought I bought into everything that I needed to do and took my family there and, and ended up having my. Uh, my first daughter there, which you know, what I mean, for me, it, it, it's it, I've got I've, I've got more memories than just my football memories there now. So it's uh, for me that that I'd never hear a bad word said about it the football club for me is uh, is amazing, and and the way that it all ended there for me was mm. was obviously with the goal was was fantastic. So yeah. it was uh, for me it was it was win win and. Um, still have still have good moments, and uh, obviously I was at the Riverside this week to watch Middlesbrough against Cardiff, and um, oh, right. uh, for Cardiff yeah. Cardiff City TV. So we not, a not, a, not a, well, I was doing Cardiff TV, which is a bit, which is a bit surreal because I'm, <laughs> I'm very positive about Cardiff's performance, but um, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't able to be as negative as I probably should have been on uh, Middlesbrough's performance, which uh, which is probably pleasing. But no, it's it's nice to have. Um, they call it the Andy Campbell Derby, which is uh, which is <laughs> which is pleasing and, and lovely, really. So so I'm gonna i um,
1: you've kind of uh, you've kind of done yourself a disservice there by your goal because it was such an important goal. But taking you back, that was for a million pound transfer, wasn't it? That back in the yeah. day,
2: which was big, yeah, it was, was, yeah, big it was yeah, Listen,
4: it, it was huge, yeah. And I think um, I don't think you realised at the time that Cardiff were 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 spending lots of cash. They were yeah. they were taking a risk because they they were they just come out of League Two, um, went into League One. They were. They were, they, were, they were struggling the year I signed, you know what I mean? But we got in the playoffs, we just missed out in the playoffs semi-final against, um, against uh, Stoke City, mm-hmm. uh, which was disappointing. But the following year, we, we, we struggled again. We were we were doing all right and then we ended up managed to get in the playoffs again. But the squad we had, we should have won the league 10 times over. Um, yeah. We got in the playoffs and, um, we ended up just we we probably just scraped over the line. To be fair, with um with the, with a the, with a winner in the playoff extra time playoff final. But listen, the group of players were amazing. Um, yeah. we were we were all big footballers, and uh, you know what I mean. I speak to fans now and and the club officials now, and they know that if that goal didn't happen mm. uh, back in two thousand and three, two thousand and four, that that they wouldn't be where they are now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yes, I managed to get the goal, which is amazing. It goes down in history, but that group of players. And it's had a huge impact on where that football club is now because they've been in the Premier League a couple of times. They've they've won they've, they've won the championship a couple of times. They've done so so well. But if they didn't get out of that league that year, I would have I would have really uh, worried about players because I hear things. I knew all the lads were, were wanting to get the Premier League. They wanted to get the championship, and I think there might have been a, a good Exodus if we hadn't have got promoted that uh, that season.
1: Wow, you had Robbie Earnshaw as well. He, you know, it was you wow. and him battling for that position. Good little player, yeah. one cracking little player, mm-hmm. but. No, it's crazy to think the fine lines in football, mate. That you score that goal and you've literally gone down as a legend. There and you, you, mm. you know, it's it's just crazy, isn't it? But it's it's magical. Yeah. And that your connection. I've I've moved away from home, and it's you're right. It's something around. I had me son in in Canada, and I've got a connection to this town that I should never have a connection with. I, I've got right. I only lived there two years, but I fell in love with the place. And it's probably similar to you. You go back to Cardiff. Probably I'm guessing you vi- you try to visit often, or you go down, yeah. and the people love you there. So. No, I think I think that's great. So, listen, I'm not going to skip your career after that, but yeah, you, you had such a good career—two hundred and fifty odd games, fifty odd goals, like such. A, and the super important one, which you'll go down in history in Cardiff and Middlesbrough fans will know who you are. And you—you you had such a long and good career, and you've also played in the Northern League, managing the Northern League. So you've the transition. You're all, you're also a full time school teacher. Am I right in saying that as well, or you were, or?
4: Yeah, yeah. No, I still work in education. Now, yeah. So it's uh, uh yeah. Listen, it, it's, it's it's like two different lives. It's like it's like I've, I've I've lived two I've lived two different lives. Having a having an unbelievable professional athlete life and then living a, a normal down to earth um life, which is great because it's um it's life life goes on. Like you know, what I mean, life goes on and life's fun and and, and and the superstar life of being a footballer sometimes doesn't doesn't give you doesn't probably give you the the things that people think. Um in terms of everyone thinks being a professional football you never have to work again. And 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 you know what I mean, listen back in the day when, when I played, it was it wasn't the case that you were earning X amount a week where you you know what I mean, you never have to work again. You only to think of your family and you've got to think of yourself and you've got to think of of ways to move forward when you when you pack in. And I was well, I think I was thirty-two when I got injured, um, played for Chrissy Wilder's Halifax Town and yeah. um and and I had to reevaluate very quickly of 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 where my life was, where my life needed to go and what I needed to do to get there.
1: That's it's so you Chrissy Wilder at Halifax really and he's Chrissy he Wilder, well, yes. Oh, he was wow, there in gaffer, yeah. So
4: it's it's like it's like these things seem to wow. move around full circle. You know what I mean? So obviously still speak to him now, obviously being Middlesbrough manager. I met up a couple yeah. of times, obviously speak to him, speak to our message when I get when I get an opportunity. But it's uh it's great to 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 be able to lean on people um when you need to, basically.
1: So listen, Andy, I was talking, I'm gonna come into the women's game and set I was talking to the borough fan just, just yesterday. I think you could pull your boots on, mate. They're looking for a number nine. They've left the, they've left the shirt
3: empty. Yeah. Yeah, buddy? yeah, I
4: know. I listen. It's uh, I would I would love to think I could uh, I could do that when I'm watching. I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm kicking every ball. I'm heading every ball like every Middlesbrough supporter does. Every football fan does. But it's uh, I listen. I would uh, I would love to be able to be out there, but know that. I just can't do it, and and also at the same time, um, I, I, do you know what? And, and, and I've said this a couple of times that the way my game probably was and probably is is now looking at the game of football now in twenty twenty two, pace does scare people to death, but everyone seems to be technically very good. You know, what I mean, everyone seems to be technically great. Championship, Premier League, and um you know i I'd, 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 i'm i not sure i'd be able to uh to handle that kind that kind of game my game was was very different not this one up front Malaki, where uh yeah. where you'd have to hold yeah. the ball or like that wasn't that was my that was my bad. i think i'd hate that i think yeah. i'd hate it
1: you would have adapted me for sure you were a good player so so listen let's look at um let's look at this transition like you've spent a whole lifetime in 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 the men's game and all of a sudden you know you you're now the women's head coach, which so take us take us to the, the, the day or the the time or the light bulb moment where it flicked and you became the women's head coach
4: of Middlesbrough. Uh, well I'm probably gonna take you back. Uh my daughter started playing about what, about eight, eight or nine years old and uh she was playing for Norton at the time, and then she went to Cater and she's played local local games. She went over 20, 20 middles with women and Um, so she was a big Man City, um, big Steph Houghton fan, basically. So we watched her at Sunderland, we watched her at Man City, watched her for England. So we travelled around, went to Wembley, we've been all over to watch Steph. Um, she was absolutely besotted by her being a centre half herself. So we watched loads of games. On we played on a Saturday, went on a Sunday to go and watch Steph and wherever she was. And it was um, it was always that, always that keeping in touch with women's football. Yes, having a having an education with the men's because you can you can keep in touch with it. Back in the day, by TV, by social media, by any ways possible. But being able to go and watch the women's game give me a, a real good insight. And um, during lockdown, I was doing, um, I was doing a podcast show, um, keep myself busy. Uh, and it was one Monday night, I remember it like it was yesterday, because it was just over a year ago, and uh, my phone was ringing. It was uh, it was ringing constantly during the show. So after about 40, 40 minutes of about 15 calls, i just like to text the number and just say, can I give you a call at quarter past nine when I finish? <laughs> um, I'm not sure it, 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 it is blah, blah, blah. So finished off, rang the number like I'd, I'd agreed. And, and it was the chairman at Middlesbrough. And, yeah. um, he'd, he'd unfortunately um, parted ways with the manager and, and offered me uh, the opportunity to take over as, as, as head coach, stroke manager, but he wanted a a quick answer, um, or it was going to go out, um, in the in the public and 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 for vacancies uh, later in the week. So, um, thought about it overnight. Um, I was planning on giving him a call in the morning to let him know, but by the time I got I went to bed, I just had to let him know that it was a yes because I needed to move forward with something. I hadn't planned to get back in the game at all. I wasn't. It was my ambition. I I think I was quite content with with being out of it. So I made a big decision, a big jump big family decision um bought into it dived in head first and mm. I've loved every minute since we've we've evolved as a club I've evolved as a person I've calmed down a lot which <laughs> I think probably needed to happen um I'm enjoying my football I'm enjoying helping pass on my education and my past experiences to girls who are so passionate about improving themselves uh, so passionate about wanting to be a professional footballer I hope yeah. every single one of them makes it that's not just my football club I hope that yeah. the girls get a real opportunity pushing forward because now the options and the opportunities for girls in professional football are absolutely huge um, and I really hope that they can get uh, the platform that they desire if that's in this country and getting scholarships and, um, and, and getting an education but then getting an opportunity in the pro game fantastic if they've got to go out elsewhere to get whatever they need to come back and do it and so be it because, do you know what I mean, for me, the equality, the diversity and getting them equal to what the opportunity that men have, I think they're there now. Um, they just need to make sure that, that they're ready for when the opportunity comes because fitness levels of women's gone up. Um, you know what I mean? My lot my lot train. Tuesday, Thursday, we have a game on a Sunday. Now our girls wanted an extra session on a Wednesday, which we've we've put in for an SNC session to, to help them. Um, they're also wanting diet plans. They're wanting this, that and whatever. And do you know what? If they want it, we'll give them it. Yeah. um and it's just it's it's fantastic opportunity to give them because they want to get that next level and if they want to get the next level i want to push them to that next level and if i can if they can do it they're going to have are gonna push me to the next level so it's a it's a it's a vicious circle in a good way uh and i'm really excited to see where this journey will end
1: i think that's i think what i've what i've seen from the outside looking in is how passionate you are about you you seem to talk to it really well and it is it is um it's one thing that I'll say is I can see you there for a long time, and I can see you taking this club f- potentially back up in them divisions, but also hopefully into when they go full time at some point, or moving together with the club because that's what a lot of clubs are doing. But um, what is it? What is it that you enjoy the most about coaching with the with the ladies or the girls? What is it? What is it that gets you out of bed and drives you now? What is
4: it that's pushing you? It's it's how professional they are. How much they want to improve. You know, if they're not happy with with how they're improving, they want to do more. They want to work individually. They want to work collectively. They want to work on specific things which are going to make them a better player. And from the time that I had probably coming out of the game, uh, working with players who. Potentially should have been doing that. They were just happy just turning up the training and yeah. and getting paid and doing this work. For me, girls are very different. Girls are very specific about what they want to do, why they want to do it, where they want to go to, and and improving and and things. If training is not good, they'll tell you. And I like that. It's not just a case of just rocking up and doing a session. It's there's got to be a purpose behind it. And if there's not a purpose behind it, they'll let you know, and they're ruthless about it. Um, and I, and I love that because I just think it keeps you on your toes. That you make you've got a plan, you've got to execute, you've got to do everything in your power to make it work. And if it doesn't work, they want to know why. Uh, and they have to have the answers because if you have a bad week in training, how, how can you how can you expect them to have a have a decent set, decent game on a Sunday? And if they don't, then for me, we've got to be questionable questionable as a manager. Questionable as coaches, questionable as staff, and uh, and and and, and got to be accountable. All we talk about all week is being accountable, being accountable on the pitch. But if you're not accountable as a manager, as a coach, as staff, for me, I can't be can't be questioning my players as 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 individuals or a team if uh, if I'm not accountable as a manager.
1: No, oh, that's class. And and when I think about some of the successes you had, you had a I can't remember a name. You had a young girl move to Leicester, 18, 19 yes. year old. You've had your goalkeeper move to Dubai and do coaching. Mm-hmm. You've had some really good. success stories not just on the field but like away from the field like they're getting coaching badges they're doing great at university like and that's the thing about I think Middlesbrough is a good family club as well and I think that you're a good kind of head person to have there for that as well Um,
4: Yeah well we're we're quite lucky Martin we've uh, we've got Uh, we've got three girls on the Beth Mead scholarship as well this year. We've got Brooke Newton, we've got Armani Maxwell and we've got Jess Metz. For those three to get that opportunity is fantastic. You know what I mean? For them, it's a real chance in the next three years to develop, get close to Beth, pick her brains in order to get where they want to be. If that's for this football club, absolutely amazing because it makes us even stronger. Um, If they end up Pushing themselves on, like Alicia Body did, and got go Leicester City. Just signed for Bristol City now, fantastic. We've had Abby Towers at at, at Sunland. We've had Grace Boys got Sunland. Um, Rosie, our goalkeeper last year, uh, moved overseas. And listen, yeah. we've had we've had so many things, load positive. Um, and it, but we're we're in a transition. The football club is in a transition that that we can't expect the girls to. Um, to not want to progress higher if they want to progress higher I've I never stand in the way and I've always said that to the girls and um, if there was an opportunity to, to, to give us the rest of the season and see where we are then fantastic but if they want to the move in, in order to progress their football careers then listen no one ever stood in my way as a footballer yeah. if I wanted to leave and go and progress and go and play for a better club then I was I was able to do that and I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't let anybody else do it as well mm.
1: well fingers crossed listen that you don't keep producing these top players and they move on You can let them go
4: uh, man, the, chairman, the, the chairman won't let me have it Martin if I, if I yeah. carry on doing it mate I won't have a job
1: you're a victim of your own success mate
4: you can tell all-star team
1: around England but, um, <laughs> no honestly mate I think it's magic and, and not often you know I've got someone personal to me I've bounced around the men the women Women's game, but yeah. it's not often that you see someone coach, you know, quite in a good level in the men's game, move across to the women's game. And I think it's it's kudos. And I think we're gonna see it happen a lot more, even yeah, so at a national level. It you know what I mean? I think it's gonna happen a lot more. And yeah. I just think that's it is it's it's a learning curve, it adapts you as a person. Whether you're a female going to the male game, you're gonna to have to change your male going into the female game. You kind of put on different hats and you kind of yeah. evolve as a coach and as a human, but um no, I mean, um, what so? What are what are the last last little bit from me? Um, what's what's the future hold for, for Andy? I've already kind of hoped that you're you're going to kick on with Middlesbrough, but what does the future look like for you? And is it full time? Is it is it what what does it look like? And what's the hopes?
4: Yeah, listen. I think my my ambition is to is to push this football club where I believe it should be. And for me, I think I, they've got to be full time. Uh And if I get the opportunity to push them full time, and then that's where I leave them and hand over to someone else. And listen. I, I want to leave the club in a better position than when I picked them up from. And I think so far, yes, we got relegated last year, but I think the club's in a better position already yeah, um, and evolved. But I'd like to leave them in a higher league, if not two. Um, yeah. But but I'd also like to still be with them. You know, listen, this, is, this isn't this is me saying I want to jump ship. I, listen, I, I came here for the long term and I've, I've come here to, to push this football club and players um, to the level I need to. And I will make sure that I do that before um, any decisions made on anything. Yeah, top
1: man. Well, I listen. I, I follow the Northeastern teams, whether it's Durham, Sunderland, Newcastle, Borough. I think we're representing the Northeast superbly, and the more teams that we can push up, the better for us. Yeah. Really, the, the better for England, the yeah. better for everyone. So, I think there's exciting things coming from all four clubs. So, you know, it's fantastic. Well, and listen, I, I, what I normally do. I don't know if you've listened much to the podcast. I do a quick, uh, a quick fire ten. Yeah questions now they're not exactly you don't have to be Einstein to answer these I'm going to be
2: honest
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> you know and some some are a bit like Ooh, but anyway let's go for it Andy just yes or oh, okay Sunland or Newcastle? Sunland. <laughs> oh no Andy <laughs> Palmo or Cheesy Chips? Palmo all day long. Palmo, okay 50 Cent or M&M? oh 50 Cent Giannino or Ravinelli? Giannino Ryan Clough or Sir Alex Ferguson?
4: Cloughy, because he's a borough lad. Yeah,
1: he's a top man. Can you lend us 15 quid? Of course. Okay, thank you. I'll get that after the show. Thank you very much. Uh, Dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs. So in your lifetime, would you, if you could go back or have one event in your lifetime, would it be to win a World Cup with England starting and playing number nine or win a Premier League with Middlesbrough starting and being a number nine?
4: I'm a very proud I'm a very proud Englishman, but Middlesbrough all yeah, day long.
1: That's a perfect one. Who's the bigger club? Newcastle, Liverpool?
4: Liverpool.
1: Oh, Andy, man, I always finish on that one as well. <laughs> you're, you're the first one to say that. All right, you don't like Newcastle.
4: Enough, right. No, that's spot on. I don't like Sullen either, so uh, I was, that was going to either. a tough one.
1: It's a tough one. But Andy, listen, what we'll do is um, we we bring guests on. We've had some real top guests. We had Cathill last week um in the women's game. We had Chris Sargent. I don't know if you've, you've heard of him before. He's yeah, FC New Orleans in Denmark. Yeah. Great lad. I'm going to follow up on on guests throughout the season so hopefully Andy we'll bring you back on you're flying yeah definitely the league and time would love to catch up with you mate but thanks Anytime, for coming miss. on mate top man cheers bud good luck for the season and if we that want to when's your next
4: game Andy in the next your next game uh, we're playing on Sunday we are playing York City this weekend yeah um, and then we're Where's away in that, against we play at Stockton Town Football Club so we play on the 4G so it's a really really nice place to wear, watch a game of football
1: so if you want to get out to a Middlesbrough game, Stockton Town Football Club and you've got like, uh, have you got your own account or is it under the, the
4: Middlesbrough? Yeah. yeah, no, we've got our own account on uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and it's yeah. Middlesbrough Women.
1: Perfect, mate. Well, if you're around that area or you fancy a women's game this weekend, have a look at the fixtures and, you know, with the World Cup coming, there'll be a great opportunity to get out and watch some women's football as well. But Andy, yeah, totally. top man, great to Cheers, see you. Bud. Man. Look after you man. Soon, man. Cheers.
4: Thanks, mate.
0: Martin, before you start, I've got some breaking news. So Brighton have just appointed Roberto Di Zerbi as their head coach. Obviously, after losing Potter to Chelsea. Oh wow! Fair play that one. They didn't mess around, eh? Didn't mess no, around. No, so it's quite quick. Um, I think that was the guy that obviously people will meet later on in the podcast episodes with Josh, but he mentioned that, didn't he? Yeah, that no, he possibility didn't. so.
1: Yeah, so maybe we'll dig into that. So, hopefully, yeah. another potter, Potter-esque type sign. And So, breaking news on the yeah. podcast-that's a first. Okay,
0: hey? I'd say you'll be coming out a bit late, like, but yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff. Well, listen, breaking news on this podcast is Kyle is definitely still a Wally, but he's a good lad. But anyway, <laughs> um, we're going to do another fun game, Kyle, and this one is dedicated to cool. yeah, so The cool. last one was called What's the Time, Mate? <sighs> this one is called Where You're At, Mate. All right. Where you at, mate. Now, this is all about stadiums around the world, okay? I've got like this sort of stuff, so come (laughs) on. (laughs) Famous last words, big guy. (laughs) What I'm going to do, I'm going to say, if I was sitting in the crowd at da da, du where would I be? And you've got to tell us the country, and if you can get us the club, even better. Okay. So where you're at, Kyle, mate. So where you at, Marty, mate. If I was at Dockland Stadium... You're
0: fucking kidding Where am I at, mate? Are I'm you a, in Australia?
1: Are you kidding me? <laughs> are, you, are you just Google that or something? No, no. Just, I, yeah, I'm going to go Melbourne as well. How did you get that? Seriously? It's not right, is it? No, way where to go. that's right. Is
0: it, no, I just... Dockland, I just guess. It's normally an Australian type Are of you being serious? yeah yeah (laughs) too much bloody home and away neighbours you I tell you
1: (laughs) unbelievable mate well done bloody hell I I thought you'd get none of these right well done one point one out of one where you at Marty mate I'm at the Max Marlock Stadium where am I
0: Austria I'll
1: give you one more guess
0: Max Marlock Canada I'm in Germany no Germany. no. That was me. That was when I was when I said Austria I was going towards like the that sort of area but then I thought when That's he said country. I have another guess I thought I have a think. All so no. the listeners are guessing as we
1: go along as well. We'll leave a bit of a pause so give at least 3 seconds so they can have a little guess yeah. as well. So, Where are at Marty mate. Well Kyle, I'm in the Saputo Stadium. Saputo. also known as Stad Saputo.
0: <sighs> Stad has to be friends. That's French, I think. I know my I know my girlfriend sat over there took French, going okay. I'm absolutely no case. But is it France? So it's kind
1: of a trick question. You are right. Yeah, it's it's, it's in Canada, Montreal, uh, okay. which is a French province. Yeah. So you okay. were close, but no cigar. So uh, the Stade saputo, he's the chairman. Basically, it's the it's like saying having the Martin Herdman Stadium. It's basically his name, Stad Saputo, is like that's there. <laughs> it's the name stadiums after himself. Yeah, he just named the stadium, like the George <laughs> Reynolds Arena in Darlington. Right? So fair play to him. So one out of three. I think you'll get this one quite easily. Yeah. I, I put this in there because you're, uh, you know, I-, I wasn't really sure if you were going to get any of these because, you know, you're the Wally with the brolly at some time. So <laughs> total good game, but we we'll can back it up. But uh, let's see. I think you'll get it easy. All right, even if you know what it is, don't shout out straight away, just say okay. yes, you know what it is. So, this one is the race course ground. You know what it is? No point in nodding your head and smiling at me, you, you can't hear that. No, I think I was gonna say something because I was watching it the other day. Okay, yeah, yeah I think you're in the right lines. Go is on, it yeah, it is And yeah. well, Well done, yeah. You weren't sure at first though, you kind of smiled, <coughs> then you grimaced, then you, yeah. Good. So two Tell. out of five, two out of four. Well done. Two of four. Yeah. Wait, can I pronounce this Estadio Benito Velamorian. Where am I? Mid. Oh, so I'm gonna have. I'm going go with Spain to start. Okay, you got it right. Can you go for a bonus point? I'll give you a bonus point if you get the team because it's a big one. Are, there, are you Villarreal? I am not. Sitting no. in the Real stadium. I'll give you one more.
2: Levante. Incorrect. Oh.
1: Betty's Bomblique.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Good. Good effort though. So you're still on three out of five. That's not bad. Yeah. Here we go. So I am sitting in the People's Park Stadium.
0: <laughs> fucking... Oh god. People's Park Stadium. Are you southern are you southern England no are you in America no okay
1: Go on, keep going you're not gonna get it's actually really surprising Brazil no, I'll tell you We're, you're actually sitting in Germany in Hamburg sixty thousand state of the art stadium really in hamburg Rigged. really really yeah I'd say.
0: I said, really? I said, uh-huh. really?
1: <laughs> rigged? I'm like, no, no, I haven't rigged it, mate. It's definitely, I typed it into <laughs> Wikipedia, mate. So, um, number seven. So, you've got, is it four out of six or three out of six? Three out of three six. Three out of six, or 50% six. Six. so far. If you, can get, if you can get four out of eight, I'd be really happy. Well, yeah. I would probably really give a toss, but I'd be, it'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one right. for you at the end, don't worry. I've already oh, one for you. All right, okay. So, I've got, uh, you know, listen, the, this one I think you're going to get. I think you're going to yeah. get what, the Bet365 Stadium.
0: Oh, who's sponsored by them? So where's Um, where's that first? Can you do it on a rainy night
1: Ah, in Stoke? Okay, I'll give you one and a half points. Yep, Stoke City. Well done. do
0: you know what, mate? I don't think I would get that. What did it It used to be called? Stoke City Stadium. Britannia. Used to be called the Britannia. So I was a member, Halloween, demo Boss, to Hatwick, at the Britannia, and a cold rainy night. Stoke City. Well done, mate. Well done. That's a good one.
1: Okay, so last one. This one's a big ground, a big stadium. Let's see if you get it. Estadio Monumental. If you get this, you'd be over 50%. This would be fantastic. Estadio
0: Monumental. Uh, Argentina?
1: Ooh. Or Uruguay? Correct. Cor- Ooh. Which one uh, do you want Argentina. to go for? Argentina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Argentina. Okay. So give us the team then. I'll give In you my a book. place. Well done, son. You're actually really good at this. I might do this one again. So you got. I, I yes. wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have got I would have got well, the fact that I wrote the questions I still probably wouldn't have got all of them anyway if you'd asked us so them.
0: this might be the team's nickname and I might I might get rid of the last answer, but it's one of the one stadium that before before I do die i'd yeah. want I need to go see mm-hmm. I think it's a nickname the bomber okay the
1: bomber stadium bomber stadium give us one second Alexa where is the bomber <laughs> <laughs> um the bomber stadium. Now I'm gonna be really controversial here. No, I don't even know if I'm gonna say this country. That's gonna be really naughty if I said that. Yeah, please don't. Right. Okay. <laughs> um I'm not gonna say that country. Oh god, I've got um Is it obvious, Kyle? Is it like a Europe is it I'm European? I'm just gonna check this. Is it European? No, it's not. Is it South South America? Yes. Oh, I'll say Brazilian. It's, I'm just double checking it, but it was off the top of my head, and I'm well, not I'm sure say, if I've got the so, right nickname. I'm going to say one of these, one of these, Brazil, Uruguay, Paraguay, Argentina, Venezuela, or Colombia, or Peru. One of those, Made honestly, it's one of those. Am I right? I've, it's Argentina.
0: Yeah, I thought so. I knew it. So it is, it, the nickname for the, so it's actually called the Le Bombonero, which is Le mm. bomber. Mm-hmm. I would have probably bloody got that. Sorry, I was. Having yeah, a, he said that. I might have got that. The Lombard Bilanero. So it's Bona, it's Boca Juniors in Buenos Aires, which is the one stadium that I would look to witness. If you said that, story. because I was looking at the at a, uh, famous
1: places and it was the Estadio Monumental or the, La, la Bomanera, they were the two I was going to choose. Boca yeah, or. yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, so. so it's like they're big, obviously big rivals, absolutely hate each other. So yeah. to go to River Plate V. Bocca Juniors game would be an absolute... Why don't we go and go on opposite
1: teams and then, you know, I'll go in a Bocca shirt. and you, a... You can go with a player I I'll wear me... Uh, yeah, you uh, never know when, when this podcast gets
0: massive and we've got a million listeners. Yeah. Maybe that might be a special. we we'll go I visit have, in all these... definitely happening.
1: Maybe it's in the next couple of months. All them fans... Go visit all
0: these stadiums. That'll be the special.
1: So, no, no. I always like to throw that in. I quite like that bit. And hopefully the listeners are, I like, at home as well. But... Um, yeah. Good stuff, guys. well done. Five out of eight. That's not bad, mate. That's not bad. So not bad. what we're gonna do now, we're gonna move into a hot topic. Now, obviously, with the Queen passing as um some of the games were cancelled, and we we talked about some certain things around, should we talk about games being canceled, But we really didn't think it was going to be quite respectful to do that. We just want to move on from from that and let it let the let that happen. And what we want to talk about is obviously our country still. So we want to talk about the England squad because it did derive a lot of debate. I'm going to quickly run through the whole squad really quickly, yeah. really quickly. And you're going to pick out some names. I've got some written down here, but let's go. So there's a couple of injuries, but Dean Henderson, Nick Pope, Aaron Ramsdale, Arnold, Chilwell, Cody, Eric Dyer, Guahy, James, Maguire, Shaw, Stones, Tamori, Trippier and Walker make up the defence. Now the midfield is light. Jude Bellinger, Mason Mount, Calvin Phillips, who's now been injured. I don't know if he's been replaced, Kyle, or not. Has he? I don't think he has yet. I'm okay. not in the sense of it. It's a short of injury that he's got. Yeah, and he could be out for the World Cup as well because he's going to get surgery. So that's interesting. Declan Rice and Jade Ward-Prowse. So it just shows you how, how light we are in them positions. However, in international football, it seems like a lot of people name less midfielders and class wingers as forwards now. So forwards, yeah. Tammy Abraham, Jared Bourne, Phil and Jack Grealish... Harry Kane, Boo, Kai Osaka, Sterling, and Ivan Tony. So who jumps out here, Kyle? Which are the ones that jump out and you know, maybe annoy you? It's
2: or... gotta be
0: the usual, like The the Luke Shaw. Yeah,
2: yeah. Jeez the
1: high maguire. You so can't even get Shaw, the eight
0: squad. Has Luke Shaw been playing, Kyle or not? No. He no. hasn't a no. game? can't can get the eight squad, but you've got Matty Target. I think Ben was injured, if I'm thinking right.
1: Uh Chilwell's in the is Chilwell not in the squad? No, yeah, Chilwell's
0: in the squad. Oh, chosen you- in the squad. So you got yeah, Chilwell, yeah. who's the main left-back. But so you got Matty Target, for example, even probably could throw Lampy in there, who can play left-back. Well, Trippier can as well, Carney. You can. Yeah, left yeah, left but back. it's like, what have people got to do with getting the squad? And if you're not playing, you shouldn't be in the England squad. You haven't been the best player for the national team, but the Harry Maguire debate is, Harry Maguire is good for England. <laughs> no one can doubt that. Which so is exactly the same that
1: then Kyle? would you not argue that decision? You're kind of like, yeah, it makes
0: sense. He's good for England. So I'd probably say it makes sense. even yeah. even sorry for sfamm, but even fucking dinosaur arms is good for England. So I'm they, glad he's not in the squad, but he is good yeah. for England when he plays. can't stand him, but we'll yeah. give him that. Why don't you um, like, I don't uh, know
1: what's the problem with uh, with Jordan Pickford. He's, a, he's in England
0: number one. He's a. Imagine
1: Oh, I forgot about that. No, I'm only kidding. Come
0: on. He's only, he's also right. got <laughs> on. Um, so you got Jack Grealish, who is getting looked at now when he's playing probably his worst form. But when he was at Villa in his best form, he wasn't getting looked at. So yeah. I think it's just, it's just big six agenda, isn't it? And I think it is, it's a squad that you look at and it can do well in the competition. But it's also a squad that you're looking at and you're going. Yeah. Missing Lisa Sancho. Mm. Missing them. Um yeah. oh, Madison.
1: Rashford's still. Yeah. Did Rashford make it or not? No, Rashford didn't
0: uh No, he didn't. So Madison as well. Like what's he got to do to get the team? Yeah, Madison. In the in the PLS, I say. But I don't know about you, but that's that's the ones that stand to me. It's, it's a bit frustrating. At,
1: when you look at a squad, right, you like you want to be excited. And, like, wh- when you see names, like, so what, what you do, right, you you were you lying to your manager. And the manager, when he first came, because what McLaren used to do and what the other managers used to just pick the favourites. Now, yeah. when Southgate came, he picked a lot of young guys, a lot of first caps, and he said, if you're not on form, you won't get in the squad. Yeah. And I think the problem is there's five, six. Grealish scored yesterday. Grealish hasn't been on form. Saka hasn't been on form, even though he's playing in a winning team. He's not being... He's been all right. He's been good, but he hasn't been scoring or assisting. Yeah. Garrett Bourne hasn't had a great start of the season. West Ham haven't. No, so he hasn't no. Calvin Phillips hasn't even had a game. Um Mason Mount's been awful by all accounts. Um, and it's just you look through and you're like, it just doesn't excite you. No. Like Connor Cody at Everton, like Conor Cody's a good defender, but you're like, even though he's kept a clean sheet, you're like, it's starting to look like
0: and you got Dan Byrne <laughs> who isn't in the squad
1: like i'm really glad about Ivan Tony.
0: yeah uh, me too I'm
1: really glad i don't think in back in the 90s or the 2000s Ivan Tony would have got near the team you know you think of uh, uh, you know Andy Cole yeah. Les Ferdinand these guys couldn't even get in the squad you know what i'm talking about and yeah. Ivan Tony's a good player by all, by all means but like you know um
2: Did I, you worry, name I, worry,
1: I worry we're going to do more in the world cup but
2: yeah i hope,
1: I hope i'm proven wrong you know i, I have I'll have to be honest with you. I'm not as in love with England as I used to be. Uh, You know, club. I used to always love England. I don't know if it's because I left the country for a little while. But I look at it and I'm like, "Uh, I'm kind of, I'm not bothered. When used to be like buzzing to see the squad, I was a bit late in getting it. So I think they need to win us back over. They got smashed off Hungary 4-0. They got beat. So the bottom of the new UEFA group of nations, and you're like, we've got Italy. I think they're going to have to do, I'm not saying they have to win, I have to
0: do something exciting in the next two games because like I'm bored it's not team. long the World Cup it's not long It's not like, I'm excited for the World Cup and I can't I can't wait and I remember the buzz of the Euros and the prior World Cup but yeah it's just you just sat here and you're going I you need hope and just someone to excite with again someone to just give the nation a lift which mm. it did so fingers crossed for anyway but we'll no, see how the next I'm, two games go
1: I'm hoping you know I hear on the radio I'm like who would you pick for the World Cup? They're like, yeah, I'd go and pick for number one, Ramsdale, two, Dean Henderson, three, Nick Pope. Maybe him and Hen- I'm like, Nick Pope is better than them all. Oh yeah, he and has that's been. Just as the one. majority saying that, like, honestly, the guy is on a different level. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen Ramsdale. I've got to be honest. But if I'm if I'm gonna pick a goalkeeper who's playing well, I'd rather pick a goalkeeper who's six foot six than six foot two. I know that sounds. And tiny arms. <laughs> but like, I know the modern goalkeepers. There was, I've got to admit, there was a couple of times Nick Pope's distribution from his feet wasn't great. He kicked it out of yeah. play twice. So I get it. But his throws, I think he just has to throw because his throws are on a different level. Yeah, He's yeah. Really flat and they spinning. And so, listen, I hope Trippier players. I still think that there's a, you know, but Luke Shaw getting in. Listen, I have got a bit of apathy. I really need to be excited again from England. And I'm yeah. hoping, you know, through the break. They can come back and get a couple of good wins and really get us going again. What's your thoughts? One last one. What's your thoughts on Southgate? Do you think he'll stay? Do you think the World Cup's his last hurrah? I know his contract runs out, but do you think he's... You I know, think
0: it's his last, last hurrah. I think, I think it's... Fingers crossed he can leave on a high, but I think he's took us as far as I think he can take us. Even Should, he Should he have left last year or not? <clears throat> no, I think it'd be good to see him leave with a win. I think if, even if we win it, I think he leaves i think you're for winnable man kyle you never know
1: more later (laughs) but he's good i think there's only there's only two way this is going to go i think you're right it's obvious saying that i think they're gonna i think they're going to struggle i really do i think think they're going to get to uh they'll not they'll get they may get to a quarters but they're not going to go as deep as that i mean i'm just calling i'm just saying it i just think that qatar is not going to be a good fit for england i really don't but Let's see. Let's talk. That we're just kind of provoking some things in it. We've got yeah. international league coming up, and then it's it's going to be the World Cup in a couple of months. So that squad's got to be shortened, and this players, oh, it's not it's not excitement. It's not us, yeah. but yeah. we'll see, mate. We'll see. So listen, let's. Um, that's the hot topic of the week. <laughs> over. Let's uh, let's move into the FPL and let's let's quickly go through some of the um, one of our. What you know, one of the panelists makes the list this week. One of the panelists makes um, well, Who is this?
0: Is this a, who is.
1: Right. So, top of the pops Josh Textera, 450 oh. points. Peter Tracy, 448 points. And Kieran Gray. Does anyone know who Kieran Gray is? 446. How the hell is he sneaking in? Kieran Gray, if you're listening, well done, mate. You're, you're sneaking up there, buddy. I don't know if he's any relation to 50 Shades. Of <laughs> Gray. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's related. I don't know. So, top performers of the week, and I don't know who this guy is. Akin Odigi, does anyone know who he is? I think these people need to reach out to us and let us know. It it? Our Refuse, refused to lose, so I'm guessing he's from, from France. He got 102 points this week, Kyle. Wow, two. He captained Son, but he had like all like he had Isaac, he had uh, Haaland, he had all the top performers at 100 points. Good. The next person, lower was a familiar, a handsome fella, I've got to admit. is Marty Herdman with MLH All-Stars, 70 points. So imagine, I'm 32 points behind him. All of us were 32 points behind this guy, whoever he is. So Akin, whoever you are. So I've got to 420 points and and Akin is 435. So massive jump for him. He's like gone from like 20th to there. So I'm up to 11 now. So I'm really happy. Kyle, I'd shout you out. You were giving it big saying, I played me wild card. I got 61 points. I said, I'm good for me. One sub. And I got 70
0: points, mate. It's good for me. The wild card was good for me. It's going to be good in the next few weeks. Aye, okay,
1: buddy. Well, I've got mine in my back pocket. Bottom shelf, Thomas Conley. The Conleys propping it up again. And Maisie Sim. Shockers of the week, Jake Kidwell from Cali, 17 points. And Benjamin Poirier with 20 points. I don't know who the hell that guy is, but good luck, Benjamin. You get on top. I think some people forgot that it was like three games were cancelled. Yeah. Obviously, in the three games cancelled, really messed up because they were the big teams like Liverpool, obviously, and uh, Chelsea and them guys. So, so Kyle, you, you're a you know Kyle Wilson, Kyle Wally Wilson. This is where you get your name from from the from this the FPL. So, um, that, hopefully, that doesn't stick. But what are your top picks for the? We've got two weeks break, so like man, like chairmans, we're probably going to be yeah. sitting there procrastinating, watching the internationals, waiting late for
0: like to see if there's any injuries and that yeah.
1: what are your top picks buddy going into that
0: and like part. you said we're praying I'd recommend just praying that your best player doesn't get injured but also just wait wait with yourself don't to predict um, they're very tight there's a lot of teams playing teams around them or teams that should be around each other so I'd probably go with Newcastle players against Fulham that could be a shout and Man City play Man United so I'd go with any Man City player Erland Haaland Kevin De Bruyne and the final one the shout out of the week goes to Saliba who I think is a must-have as a defender.
1: Are Arsenal going to keep it up, Kyle?
0: I think they can. I've got hard, got hard fixtures coming up, by the way. Yeah, but I think they could. Okay,
1: so you 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 putting you hedging your bets on Arsenal and yeah. uh, some Newcastle players. Good lad. Yeah. Right, Kyle. So, um, listen, um, have you say it was really good last week? We did a um, left-footed 11. We had some great shouts from Alan McLean again, our top listener from um, Northern Ireland. We had Jay Kidwell, Chris Clark. We had a few randomers, but our best one was uh, from Dan Brown. We always give a shout-out to this lad, Dan Brown from USA, Chicago, but originally from Ponteland, I-, I think I'm right in saying that. Um, mm-hmm. But he had two teams. He had Thunder Bastards 11 and he had left-footed 11. So I let him kind of retweet it and put it out, but he had a mixture of like absolute people who could rocket it, Danny Aga, like uh, I think Jorgen Alberts from Rangers got a shout. We had Rivaldo, we had some you know beasts who could just smash the ball like uh, Adriano from Inter Milan back in the day, wow. you know, and then the usual suspects, Carlos, uh, Maldini, you know, Hadji was in there, you know, Messi. These type of players. So all the the main guys were mentioned. So this week, what we're going to do, because I'm quite a miniature type of guy, I'm five foot seven and three quarters. I would call myself five foot eight. We're going to go for a miniature 11. We're going to go for the smallest 11. Now, this can be any position you want, but it's the smallest players in them positions. Okay, so in a four, four, two, four, three, 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 five, two, whatever you want to do. But. I would say an outfield player has to be, Kyle, where are we going? Five foot eight or five foot seven? Five foot five eight. Foot eight. We'll,
0: give them, we'll give them that little bit of help back. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, well, I am a midget, basically. Is that what you're trying to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. you as I said. It's just, All right. you can't put yourself in your team, Eva Martin. So my my joke is in China
1: or Japan, I would actually be above average height. So I'm actually a giant in them places. So um, in England, it's just that I'm just. You know geographically you know short you know it's a problem you know it's a pro- it's the geographics you know should have been in, in them areas so guys that's that's the only rule if you're a goalkeeper what's the highest we can go five ten five eleven five ten we'll go five eleven
0: we'll go we'll go five under six we'll, foot on six foot yeah yeah under six foot I think because if you're on a six foot as a keeper if I don't pick fad or a midget Oh my
1: god. Something so I'm like, gonna keep calling keep
0: back. Jordan keep calling Jordan pick for that as much as I can. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, so no miniature 11, and uh you can't put me in because I never played at a decent level anyway, apart from the pub football. So right, so we all know what happens here to finish off the show. It's been a good one again, great interviews, great guests, great crack, and even Kyle actually showed some knowledge today. Five out of eight. Once. Once. Jesus, no wonder he's on this podcast. Thank God in the end. But what we're gonna do, we're gonna pass you over to Candy. The main man who's got that beautiful dulcet tones over to you, Candy.
0: Life is like looking for your phone. It's normally in the palm of your bastard hand. Is that it? That's it. Went funny today. Went funny. Not mythical. Went funny. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. Thanks for a great show. Take care. This Friday on the People's Football Podcast we start a brand new series called The Friday Night Fan Night. This will be a series where multiple supporters will go head to head to see whose team can come out on top. Stay tuned, it's gonna be exciting. Even though the dancing's done, don't worry cause the night is young. Who cares where we go, we're ready for the
2: afterglow